What is up? It's Dakota Layden here from Destination Fear, and you are listening to the Paranomaly Zone. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Hey there, fellow zoners and paranormal ponderers. You are in the Paranomaly Zone, your weekly dose of all things, you guessed it, paranormal, strange, and mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, the unfortunately Yeti-less Mike Carbno. <sighs> And by Yeti list, no, I'm not talking about that big, giant, hairy, eight foot, smelly guy that hangs out uh, across. Didn't the feed him right, and he took off. He took off. Nope, we're talking about Mike's Mike. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I. Hopefully, it's just the cord because if my <clears throat> if my Yeti is dead, I shall cry, and it shall be given a proper burial with complete honors. That's what I was going to ask. I was just going <sighs> to ask you, like, are you if if your Yeti is kaput? Are you going to like bury it in the springtime, you know, in your backyard? <laughs> uh, I'll probably have it on display as uh, something. Oh, there you go. Along yeah. with my my mighty Mike. Here lies Mike's <sighs> Mike. Yeah. And we'll all bow down in reverence and yeah. and respectful. Actually, um I'll probably have to switch over to my mighty Mike. I, I tried to find it real quick, but I have no idea where it's at. So no. I uh Settled for the earbuds with a built-in microphone, yes. which isn't ideal, but I, th- I think it's all sounded pretty good on the well. You know what? Sound checks and everything. We can understand you, and that's what matters. So, you yeah. know, if you're tuning in for the first time, um, the audio on Mike's end doesn't sound uh, quite up to snuff as it usually does. Uh, he usually comes across loud and clear better than me, it seems most of the time. But uh, he's using this is a last-minute fix. A temporary yeah. fix for tonight's episode, so um, do not worry, do not fret, do not fear. We are, um, what? Always here. There you go, always here, audio. I was do not s- fear, we are always here. Yeah, okay. Kind of. You know, the lighting in your camera, though, it makes it look like you're, right now, it looks like you're in a night vision camera. It looks like you're in a haunted house. <laughs> Mike's got a shade of green going there. Um, it looks kind of funky, actually, so... It's good. It's it's a good vibe for the podcast. Nope, now you're too bright. Nope. D- d- there you go. There's Mike's. Yeah, I like that one. Yep, there's Mike's uh, skin tone again. I see it. So, oh, I tell you. But hey. That's the way my, my, my last few weeks have been actually going like that. So this happening with the, with the uh, Yeti doesn't surprise me. Well, I've had, um, an, I had another wonderful automobile issue today as well. <laughs> emergency drop off at the auto shop yet again 
Uh, thank, thank God it was only a $100 fix this time, which I could barely handle. But uh, no, yeah, yesterday I noticed uh, just out of the blue, my uh, power steering went kaput and I could barely steer the damn vehicle. Uh, when I got home, I checked the uh, power steering reservoir. Totally empty. I'm like, whoa. Reservoir. Reser- reservoir. <laughs> filled it Filled it up, you know, filled it up to the max capacity there. Um, grabbed, grabbed the daughter, said, uh, we got to go pick up uh, the boy. You know, we want to come to Walmart with me. Uh, yeah. So anyways, the not even seven mile drive to town, my steering started to go out again. Uh, the whole thing had leaked just in the seven miles to town. And so, um, yeah. Long story short. Like a hose it. Broken hose or a that seal was, that went or something? Or? Very good guesses, Mike. Yes, it was a blown O-ring. So there you go. And so yeah. it was just gushing out and it's like, ah, damn it. But they were, luckily they were able to fit me in today. And so now it's knock on wood. Uh, driving okay right now. So at least I can steer. Good. So uh, good. Le- lesson number one for all you um, people who have yet to come of driving age it is important to be able to steer. So always remember that. That's <laughs> you know, um, you know, you want to be able to enter Not to your drive car. Without it. Yeah, don't drive without it. You want to be able to get inside the car. You want to make sure your engine engine runs. Um, no flat tires and steering capabilities. Those are the big ones. So yeah. I, I and think brakes. Ah, right. uh, yeah, brakes are pretty important. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for making this work, Mike. It's 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 uh, good to see you again. Let's, we have a great yeah. episode, great topic lined up tonight. Um, and uh, very briefly, we do, we? very briefly, uh, if you guys just to make it clear, our Patreon content, our Patreon page is not, uh, we're not shutting it down. It's still available. It has, a ton, we have tons and tons and tons of awesome, uh, content on there. It's just, we're temporarily, uh, halting the, uh, the, uh, Patreon exclusive episodes, but we're still posting stuff when we come across it. And I am going to post something later tonight because I think that we discovered Yet another EVP at the Sally House from our Sally House investigation. I just played it for Mike several yep. times. Mike, uh, tell the it's, listeners your your organic uh, feelings about this that I played for you. Well, I think it sounded really good. Um, you were wondering if it might have been me. I was, yes. And But it definitely wasn't me. And we were up in the Sally bedroom, and you had mentioned how you could just look out the window and see right down into the living room of the house next door. Yes, we could. <laughs> so you did hear me after that say, yeah, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But between you saying that and me saying what I did, there's a very faint whisper. Um, you said you might've caught two syllables. Yes. Um, I'm not sure uh, how many syllables I caught, but I, it sounded, it was definitely a whisper, a very light but it was like somebody agreeing with, with what you said. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, yeah. Yes. And, no, um, that was the clearest part was definitely the, the whispered. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely a whisper. Yeah. And Mike, so, when he first listened to it, I believe you again thought it sounded female. Yeah. I, well, it's hard to tell, but that's the impression that I got and the kind of feeling or sound that sounded to me. But, um, but when it's that, quiet and it's a whisper you know it's kind of hard to tell but i'm I'm just really glad that i randomly because i listened to this stuff you know basically the next the following days after we returned from the sally house and i thought i didn't capture that one in particular and i just i just happened to start listening to it again last night just by chance and i was within the first 
three, four minutes of this particular clip that I heard that. So, man, maybe there's more shit on this clip. <laughs> I don't know, but I wanted to uh, isolate that part and share it with you. So it's pretty cool. I'm going to be putting that on the Patreon page. So uh, let us know what you guys think about it. You guys can have access Definitely. to all this cool oh. stuff for as little as a buck a month. And if you want, if you just want to see Mike and I running around haunted houses and cemeteries and all sorts of other crazy, cool, exclusive stuff, and or you just love the podcast and want to show your support, Head on over to the Paranomaly Zone Patreon page. We'd love to see you guys there. I'm going to add that EVP, potential EVP, later this evening. So that's pretty darn cool. I suggest you use headphones or earbuds. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, and, and, and press said buds in ear. Uh, cup, cup, yeah. cup your hands over said buds. And, yeah, because uh, it is pretty light, but yeah. I like it. I like the... It does what come across really clear when when you got when you have you know decent set of headphones or what have you. Um, it comes across pretty darn clear. So uh, we'd love to hear you guys' thought on that. That's pretty freaking spectacular. I tweeted that from our uh, from our ghost hunting uh, Twitter page, Paranomaly Z. If you guys haven't uh, checked that out, go go give us a follow. That thing is just kind of really taken off. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's nothing to most. Twitter people who have large followings, but we're we're closing in on twelve hundred followers on that dang page just out of the blue. Since every day we're right. getting two or three or four more, and they're all legit real ones. I've I check them all out. I've you know I don't follow or I don't. Uh, I try to get rid of all these bots that are all over the place, but these yeah. are legit, so it's pretty cool. It's like, damn it, head on over to the podcast page and follow that too. <laughs> have I followed that? Paranomaly Z. I don't know. I'm sure you have. Yeah, I. I I I think I actually don't even remember hearing the the the, the name Par, uh, Paranomaly Z. Well, no, that's that's just what the Twitter handle is. It's okay, our yeah. It's our para. Okay, oh, it's our para page. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, um, you know how easily confused I am. I know. I'm sorry, and I just confused him again. I wish everyone could see your befuddled look that you have right now. You're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and if I still sound a little little froggy you know i'm still not over this well over a month cold or flu or rsv or but didn't you have covid i tested myself for that but you sounded better last week you sounded a lot better last week so now you're thinking that you're really? kind of, but now you're thinking that you're slipping back again or just i don't know maybe it's just today i don't know i uh well you know what else i'm thinking that um I should probably get rid of the black mold that's been in the house for about Ooh, six years. That and I don't might know do if... it. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, I'm just kidding. All right, I hope you're kidding. <laughs> man. Yeah, that's, that stuff is nasty. Yeah, you, it is. Another word of advice. If you guys have black mold growing in your house, uh, don't let it sit there. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, just a word for the wise. <sighs> Mike, we have... I mean, I hate always promoting or talking about these topics such as this and say, man, this is a fascinating, this is such a great topic because this is a very tragic, tragic uh, story, true story. Extremely. Um, an unsolved crime. And unsolved. Um, over 100 years this has remained unsolved. Um, those listening to this podcast. Yeah, those listening to this podcast, those who are familiar and fans of the paranormal, we are pretty sure you are familiar with the Villisca Axe Murder house and that is what we're talking about tonight but with a little twist it's in iowa we're talking <laughs> yes it is thank you mike six children we're talking the no, Velisca. four children shut up we're talking the, <laughs> we're talking the Velisca 
Axe Murder Hauntings. That's right. We're gonna give. Um, we're gonna talk about the uh, tragic story itself and dive into some of the some of the alleged paranormal occurrences that still go on there. And oh, hey, by the way, yes, we're, we're heading what? there. We're heading there. Um, not joking. Not joking. It is, um, Patreon. It is in the plan. It and is in the plan. It is in the. Uh, it is in the very near future. Um, I am putting up with. Okay. Um, yeah. I all, all we have well, to do it's is in the very near future that it'll be booked. Absolutely, and all we have to worry about is dealing with a a cranky old lady who does the bookings. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I was reading the reviews, and she did not get a good one. Yeah. I'm, well. And she could be very nice. Push. She could be very nice. I don't know. I don't even know if she's old, but uh, man, her email back to me was very. Yeah. Um, What's the word? What am I looking for? Tart? Turt? <laughs> Kurt. Kurt. That's what I'm looking for. Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the reviews were just like she was that somebody said that she was the most the, the rudest person they'd ever dealt with Ugh. and things like that. But then I, there's other ones that a couple, not a whole lot, but that said that, you know, the owner was was a nice lady. And yeah. so it might be, you know, depending what what kind of mood she's in yeah. or Absolutely. You, you know, know, she could be a bipolar. Who knows? Uh, well, <laughs> well, no comment on that one. But, man, uh, could, this is yet another. Nice... Uh, what? Oh, my... no, I was going to say she could have a shaved head and she doesn't like it. Oh, well. well Comes that's... out in her personality. Well, that's her choice. She can grow her hair out, but uh, maybe she can't. So I, I feel bad now. Um, but, yeah, this is yet another one of those. Just as the Sally House just how our Sally House adventure came to be, it came out as a suggested podcast topic on Mike's part. And you know what? The same thing happened just today, actually in reverse order. Mike had sent me the, uh, sent me the um, some ideas about us making the trip down to Villisca. And it's yeah, a shorter I, trip. It's, yeah, it's uh, seven hours. Seven hours for us. The Sally House was nine hours. So hell, this is nothing. Yeah, it's it's like seven hours and thirteen minutes or something like that. Uh, nothing, absolutely nothing. But um, and I'm like, damn it, that sounds great. We the plans were set in motion. Then all of a sudden we go, hell, how's this make for a podcast topic? And bingo, bango, yeah. bongo, here we are. <laughs> so um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Mike, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about our planned adventure there? Your vibes about the house? Let's do that. Let's do that before yeah, we dive into some of the, sure. the, the meat of the episode. It's been a while since I've said that before we dive yeah, into is. the meat I've, of the episode. I've appreciated that. Now, this is something that you are very familiar with, I'm sure. Um, lots and lots of the big name paranormal programs out there, Ghost Adventures, Kindred Spirits, Destination Fear, you know, the, the gang that we talked to just a couple weeks ago, have all visited and done uh, investigations at the Villisca Axe Murder House and... You know, just as an example, I was watching a condensed uh, interview um, with Adam Berry and Amy Bruni talking about their night there at the Vliska house. And right away, Adam Berry, you know, Amy was saying, you know, this has always been one of our, we've always wanted to go here. You know, it's like kind of a bucket list thing. We just need to get here. And Adam right away said to be careful what you wish for. And she replied the same way. She goes, yes, seriously. And so, whoa, setting the tone. Mike, what is your vibe of the Velisca Axe Murder House? Well, I'm going to try and be a little uh, 
more reserved this time when I, you know, because last time, I mean, I was really seriously getting the feelings about, you know, <clears throat> everything I talked about, the feelings and the, the vibes and everything, but I'm going to really think through it and, uh, and uh, kind of um, uh, be more accurate. What? It's not like I wasn't inaccurate. Yeah, you were last one. Why just, you, why'd you, know, you say that? I don't I don't think you're inaccurate about it. I don't know. I uh, Oh, you're saying you you're saying your initial vibe was inaccurate. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Well, you know, all of that that I you know, I think a lot of that was excitement and I I'm even more excited about this trip, but um uh from what I've been reading, I mean if I'm going by not my feelings, but by what uh reviews and things and you know, a lot of people have talked about things that they had experienced there. Um, there's more reviews of the the daytime walkthrough kind of thing. And and it's kind of crazy because people that would go there during the day um, and for the just a little tour, it's not even a tour. They talk to you outside the house and give you a short, quick rundown of the story. And then they kind of let you go. And But you've only got like 15 minutes or so to go through the house. Right. That's not and, enough. And there's not a enough. timer that's even set. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the timer's going off. We got to go. And, uh, but that's, that's not why very, you, you have to do. That's not very conducive well, you, you can't for do a, anything. Yeah. You can't do anything for a, yeah, that's not conducive it's, for a proper It's not worth it. I mean, it's only like a $10 admission fee, but that's still, you know, for like that short amount of time. And, you know, but, uh, we won't say. I think we this won't, is going to be awesome. We won't say on the air how much this one is going to cost us. It's not outrageous by any means, but um, no, no, we're no, plan, no, no, no. we're planning on doing the overnight, of course, because we're not going to go drive all the way down there for no damn fifteen minute tour. No, uh, we're no. doing the. Uh, we're going to be by ourselves again overnight, and man, this place, what a history, what a tragic history. But yeah, you know, one thing I wanted to say too, Mike, um, you know, in response to what you were saying there is from what I've read and looked into, some paranormal investigators really are on the side of, or strongly they are on the side of feeling that the house kind of messes with you. And they kind of, they kind of oh, suggest yeah. that, well, one particular paranormal investigation group, I read the article they wrote about their, that they published about their night there. They came away with the feeling that if you go there, and and if you, I'm paraphrasing. Essentially, if you're a good person, you're going to have good experiences. If you're there, if you're negative, if you're a bad person, you're going to have negative experiences. So I don't know if I buy into that that mm. much. Um, yeah. Another person, a, a neighbor, the neighbor who actually does or did some of the tours, he is also a paranormal investigator. He was the one who said that he really truly feels that the house is he's a along the same lines or he feels that the house is like a mirror and like reflects how you are as a person because the house itself is being manipulated or whatever is in the house is trying to manipulate those who are in there. It's really crazy. And one final thing, watching a clip of the kindred spirits investigation there, Chip coffee was wandering through, you know, good old chip. And the brief clip that I watched, he was saying that, Nope, I'm on to this guy. He said it was a guy. I'm on to him. And he is he is a wimp, basically. He is easily manipulated. He knows that I'm on to him, and so now basically 
And you know how Chip gets Chip, Chip gets kind of fired oh, yeah. up and everything, you know. So it almost sounds like this is a, like a, well, for lack of a better term, a bully. You know, someone who is a hell of a lot less strong than they like to make themselves out to be. Again, mm. who the hell knows, but pretty interesting. Wow, cool. Ha. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I it's going to be a a great fantastic trip. I mean, there's no way it can't be. I uh, we're going to be successful and we're going to like do much wanted, better. We're going to be much more prepared. Yes. <laughs> we have learned from the Sally House that uh there's things that we need to do differently, do more of um you know, and this place looking at all the pictures that they had there is a basement you can go into and the attic is a huge part of the house that uh, important part of the house that we need to go into because they think that possibly the murderer hid in that attic. I think when, when they were at church or something like that, you are correct. Yeah. And they, waited for them to come home and stayed in the attic until they went to bed and, and, uh, and then came out and did his thing. Yeah, you're correct. They, the, the family, the uh, the family of six and the two neighbor girl friends who were just invited over for the night just that day yep. to have a nice fun night playing with the with the other kids they went to a children's day program at the church the Presbyterian tur- yeah. church there from eight p.m. till ten p.m. and when they got home they basically I'm sure they all went to bed they were probably tired and yeah that's when the tragedy went down and you know this is a small town. It was a small it's town. It's a very small town. Back in 1912, I mean, everyone was neighborly. You know, there were no one locked their doors, Mike. This, whoever yeah. did this. Some people still think it may have been multiple people. Um, mm-hmm. They just simply waited for everyone to leave, and they walked right in, and they waited in the house. That itself is terrifying. Um, yeah, it is. I don't like it. I don't like well. it. And, are you going? Then, are you going to have any apprehension about going there, Mike? Knowing what is there, the sadness that is potentially there, and this place is still covered with family pictures of oh yeah, you know of the Moors. And the Moore also, family. speaking of what's still there, or what is there, is the uh, um, <clears throat> there's still axe marks on the ceiling. Oh my god! Well, it's like a uh, um, it's like a, a slanted ceiling where it's kind of low. And, yeah. he, and it's like when that guy brought up the axe to, to swing again, it put holes and marks in the ceiling and, yes. and they're still there. Oh my God. So, you know, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't they be, why wouldn't they still be there? Yeah. Well, nobody covered them up over that, you know, over a hundred years ago. And just, I don't know. I, if somebody were going to live in that house after that happened, and I don't even know if anybody did live in that house after it happened, but there have you know, been there have be been some... people who have tr- attempted to stay there. Yeah, I want thank you for mentioning and that because those are the people who have, they those are the people. Who, oh shit, we must have a delay here. We keep talking over each other, but that's fine. Oh no, that was just me. Um, Go ahead. Oh okay. Well, we'll blame. Michael. No, <laughs> no. There are, there are people who have been who have attempted to live at the house since then, and several of them have claimed to have experienced a lot of creepy stuff going on in these in this yeah. house. Um. One particular gentleman, again, featured in the Kindred Spirits episode, was he called them specifically because he, having lived there, was experiencing a lot of disturbing you know, events. And so much so that he went to, I'm not sure if he recorded this, but he says that he heard, his name was John Morley, he heard phantom voice 
from within from within this house say kill John Worley, which is him. And he was very traumatized by this. But what traumatized him even further was that immediately following this, several of his family members and friends started to get sick and some of them even passed away. And this poor gentleman somehow felt that he had he had some sort of curse attached to him by being in the house that adversely affected his family. And so that's why he reached out for to kindred spirits for help because he needed to have wow. he needed to, he needed help. And Chip, again in this episode, he he alleviated his fears. He said, "I'm getting you know voices from the spirits here that are saying that this is not your fault. You know you need to basically let it go." And he, you know, I'm sure he felt a little bit better after that. But yeah, I'm sure. Um, again, I mean, what is going on in this damn house? Is there such a thing as? I mean, it's one thing to have spirits that haunt a house, but does the house itself have some sort of does it does the house itself encompass or absorb some sort of, you know, paranormal energy? You know what I mean? Uh, that, yeah, absolutely. I felt that about the Sally House actually even. Oh, really? You never said that? Yeah. I'm sure I did. I must have. You said that <laughs> you said that the house but the house the house can mess with you, I think. Oh, you I, yeah, I bet what, you did. I bet you did. I'm sorry. I, I'm um, sure you No, did. that's okay. Um, you know, and then it makes me think of when I was there uh, early on in the night, and I was I was affected pretty strongly by confusion. Oh, that's I mean, right. Yes. I was looking around the house going, this, where, where, wait, where, this, there's something, you know, like, it's like, how can I explain this? It's like, uh, it's not, well, I remember you saying you felt confused by the layout and it just didn't yeah, something by the layout of the house and the, the, what, the felt, way things are. And something felt wrong to you. Yeah. Um, almost the idea of somebody that lived there <clears throat> years ago and might still be there. <clears throat> God dang it. My throat. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, Mike's gurgling some, what is that? Is that Canadian whiskey you got going there? No. It's a, or is that apple it's juice? It's a, it's a sugar-free cherry drink. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, okay. it was like somebody that lived there before being there at the time we were there and not recognizing the house that they used to live in. It's like being confused and like, that's, something's not right here. That's right. I remember you saying I don't that know. Though. It was just really, and that, I mean, that went on for maybe 45 minutes to an hour, maybe. Or. Well, it was strongly affecting you for a while. I mean, cause yeah, and then I was fine after that. Cause I kept asking you several times, Hey, are you okay? I just, I got the vibe that there was something off with you too. So again, that's kind of, you know, that adds a little credence to the potential reality of just something about that house that, you know, the house, is it the house or is it the, the land that it's on? You know, um, is that, right. There's so many possibilities about that. And, you know, a lot of people who've looked deeply into this tragic mystery, unsolved crime, um, they they truly feel that this, how do I want to say that? Well, basically that the house can drive you mad if you let it. Yeah. And some sure, believe yeah. some believe that the quote-unquote haunting of that house is what drew one potential suspect to commit the murders and we'll dive into that uh, briefly here too but this man there was a man who confessed to these murders but he uh nothing ever yeah. came out of it because they think he right. was a, he was schizophrenic but 
It's really interesting when you hear what he said he heard. Final thoughts, Mike, about, I mean, before we dive into the story, final thoughts on kind of the vibe and the excitement and what you expect. And, um, man, I, was, I, well, I can't convey enough how excited I was when we both agreed to do this. And, yeah. and particularly when I realized how much closer it was to us than yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sally Yeah, that's nice. <clears throat> Even though it's only a couple hours, that's still, hey, still really yeah. good. That's, that's, <laughs> that's nothing. That's nothing. So, again, I, but, I, forgive yeah. me if I'm repeating myself. Any apprehension, any negative vibes, or is this something you're going to have to meditate on a bit and really look oh. into and, you know, kind of yeah, absorb? Yeah, I definitely got to meditate on it and uh, really dig into it. And <clears throat> uh, there's things about it that are going to be tough. Especially if this one thing that this, uh, one of the reviews I read, <clears throat> this person said, now, I don't know if you've seen this or read this or not, but there is no electricity in the house. Um, I thought it said that there was on the website, but maybe, maybe I read that wrong. Hopefully they, I mean, and that could have been an old review. Hopefully they do now. But what this person said was that there's no electricity in the house, but... <clears throat> Uh, there's an extension cord that runs in there so you can charge your phones up. Sure, sure. But can you imagine that? I mean, we're in there and that entire house is dark. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and I mean, I, I've got some good bright flashlights that'll light up a room. And, <clears throat> but that's, that's crazy. Maybe we need to, I mean, maybe we need to, do you have like a generator at all? <laughs> do, no, do you know anyone who has a generator? I think I could probably get my hands on one so we can maybe. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. But yeah, so. And there's very minimal, the there's case, minimal heating, minimal heating. I know that. Yeah. Um, there is. I did read a, another review where a person said that they were there in the spring. Yeah. And they said it was really, it was fine inside. It was. Yes. You know, temperature was good and everything. <clears throat> but. Uh, um, there's, uh, there is running water, I believe, right? I think I read that. I believe so. I'd have to go look at this, at, at the website, this uh, description of it again, but you know, Mike, Looking even at, if it doesn't, well, it'll freaking be awesome. Oh yeah. The, the, uh, um, the barn has a, like a museum in it. A museum. And they did say that there is a nice clean bathroom in there. That's what, that's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's where the running water is actually is in, in the barn and stuff. What are we going to do if there isn't running water and we don't have free access to a toilet? Yeah. You know how I was at the Sally house. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That McDonald's did not sit with me. Okay. Rule number one, we are not going to, no matter how desperate we are, like we were that night, we are not going to eat McFrickin Donald's again before an investigation. Okay. Not going to do it. So. what uh, another person said about the town okay it's really small and there is a casey's there which has good pizza and there's also uh, a little cafe oh okay and i think that's our choices well you know what that's fine you know it's that will work i don't know what the nearest fairly decent sized town is to valiska but man we'll make it work we'll 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 definitely make it work but uh, I did see a picture of or a couple of pictures of down in the basement, and that looked creepy. Well, the like and, I said, the attic <clears throat> the attic looks kind of creepy with those Amityville horror <clears throat> windows in oh, there I too. Know. And then uh, in the basement, there's actually they had a picture of uh, an outhouse toilet down there. Woohoo! <laughs> well, there you go, right but, there. Which I'm sure nobody uses, hopefully. But well, we'll see. We'll find but out. It'll be great. 
no, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, more productive than I think, hopefully, than the Sally House. Yeah, and not that the Sally House wasn't productive, right? You know, well, the Sally House was great. I'd, I mean, I'd, I just ca- it, we just yeah. potentially caught another EVP off of that, which would make two. You know, over <laughs> and right. you know the minimal amount of digital recording that I had going there, but uh, I think I had not even three hours of that going because we were just. We were, no, we were exhausted. We, we were exhausted thing. and kind of disorganized and trying to figure shit out. But anyways, Mike, how long have you been familiar with this this story? Is it uh, some, quite a while? That, um, it's been a few okay. years, um, and it's always fascinated me. I've always been interested in it, and um, not that I know everything about it, but um, you don't. Just, you know, just you're not an expert, what? Mike. You don't know no, no. everything. I am not an expert on it. Nothing. <laughs> I, I am not an expert on nothing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not an expert on grammar, boys and girls. Kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's. I'll give you a rundown of the story here. Yes, I, I, I am going to read. So please uh, bear with me. I'm going to read to give Mike's throat a, a break here and stuff. He's starting. You're starting to sound a little rough there, buddy. But again. I am. So um, those murders. Stop sword swallowing. I don't know. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> again got lacerations to the esophagus yeah. again the obvious you know the <laughs> obvious it's like what could possibly be irritating my throat oh that's right that four foot sword okay <laughs> you should see it when it comes out the other end yeah, holy jeez but it cleans itself off after it comes through oh, back again gross okay just stop <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Read. All right, yes. Read your thing. The tragic, the the tragedy, and again, and um, we have a good time here on the Fair Anomaly Zone and stuff. And we're not, if we break out in laughter and jokes and stuff, we are never ever mocking the tr- the real life tragedy that occurred no, here. Just definitely not. Definitely not. But um, the family that was uh, slaughtered, massacred, for forty three year old the Moore family, forty three year old Josiah B Moore and his wife, thirty nine year old Sarah, their four children, Herman. 11, Mary Catherine, 10, Arthur Boyd, 7, Paul Vernon, 5. And the neighbor girls who were invited over just that night, again, Ina May, 8, and Lena Gertrude, the Stillinger girls, 12. Um, invited over June 9th, 1912 to uh, have a fun night. I mean, they're kids. Who knows what they're planning on doing, yeah. you know? It's, it, yeah, it's so young. Just, yeah, just tragically young, just going to bed exhausted after coming back from that children's program, day program at the church. Briefly, Mike, one thing I learned today, did you know this, by the way, that Velisca in Sioux and Fox Indian language actually means place of evil spirits? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that adds to it. Um. If if we're wrong, let me know. But that was on a documentary slash program I watched on that today, um, in in the prep for this episode. So that was kind of um, hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that one. Now, as the story goes, <clears throat> oh, I lost my page here. Sorry, bear with me. Well, um, I will say while you're looking for your spot, that uh, yeah, I well, got it. I got it again, but that's okay. Okay, the axe. When they, these people were killed with an accident, they were found with severe head wounds, yeah. uh, several severe head wounds. 
and <clears throat> several suspects. One was tried twice, and the first trial ended in a hung jury. The second land or ended in a, an acquittal. Yep, and they still remain unsolved. Yep. Ugh. Anyway, go ahead. You know, and one thing I, I've heard differing versions too. I've heard that it was, and this is true that the father Josiah, um, he was the first to be uh, be murdered, and he was murdered with the uh, the blade end of the axe. Um, his head was literally split open. His eyes were gone. Uh, upon mm. discovery, and the rest of the victims were all bludgeoned by the blunt end of the axe. Um, so it was a uh, an axe with a flat. Yep, and then, end. Okay. Yep, and then the, and the the blade end, obviously. Right. Um, it was June ninth, nineteen twelve, when Josiah and Sarah Moore and their four young children returned home after attending the Children's Day. At, after attending a Children's Day at the town Presbyterian Church. The Moore family were members of the church, and Sarah, in fact, had been coordinating that day's, that evening's events. Two neighbor girls, Lena and Ina Stillinger, had asked to stay the night, just that night, as we have mentioned, um, agreeing to do it. Their parents were never to see their children alive. Again, the Moores returned home, between 9.30 and 10 p.m., and retired to bed. Obviously, none of them were suspecting anything. As Why, why would they? Again, like, as I said, yeah. this is a small town. Everyone knew each other. What they obviously didn't know, that there was a killer or killers waiting somewhere in their damn house. Again, that just is terrifying in itself. Yeah, and they speculate the attic yeah. that they hid there, but... Yeah, the, it I, was actually the. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Mike. I was going to say it was actually the, the next morning. The neighbor lady, uh, noticing that they didn't come out of their house, yeah, um, went and found them. Yeah, um, it was the neighbor lady who went. She peered in the windows, uh, knocked on the doors, getting didn't get any replies, and then went and asked another neighbor to come over, and he actually entered the That's house right. because he had an, uh, a key. That fit the house. I mean, again, these are neighbors who give their neighbors keys to their right, houses. Exactly. And he's the one who discovered the bodies. Oh, again, how horrifying could that have been? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Now, the kill. Oh, oh my God, Mike, are you serious? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I just freaked Patrick. What out. the hell? Mike, literally, how long have you been having that sit there? Have you just been waiting for the moment to do this? Okay, everybody. Oh, Mike I, I just, just literally pulled out a fucking axe. Right now, <laughs> yes, I dropped an f bomb. What the hell? <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's an axe that uh, it's been in my family for many, many years. I remember when I was a very young, young child, like uh, in the '60s, and my dad had it. And uh, just recently, I mean, the handle was really, you know, old and messed up. It had, I believe, it had a crack in it. And but uh, my young nephew. He he's always wanted to like restore things like this or whatever, and so he I let him have it. I let him take it, and he cleaned up the head, the, the axe head, really well, and um, and then actually put a new handle on it. And uh, so, just from that being done, it's just been here in my living room for a little while. Okay, and then and then just now when we're sitting here, like. Oh, I'm going to go grab that axe real quick. <laughs> that's, that's why you got up and left for a second. Yeah. Holy crap. Hola, man. 
I'm, I'm just but telling you that that was kind of startling, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I look up and there's Mike, <laughs> just wait. Oh my God! I don't, I don't know. Wielding this freaking axe. Okay. <laughs> Where the hell was I? Oh yeah, the killer had been waiting in the house. Which again, like I was saying, when Mike disappeared, that's the just that is so creepy and terrifying. Think about it. the one place that you should yeah. feel safe at all times. You know, is is yeah. your own home. And the killer had. Um, it is assumed that the killer had found uh, Mr. Moore's axe um, outside and brought it into the house with him, obviously, when he was waiting. Uh, the killer it was easy for him to let himself in because, as we said earlier, it was a small community. Everyone knew and trusted each other, and the doors were unlocked. They felt safe leaving their houses unlocked. Uh, the killer slash killers settled themselves in the attic and supposedly, I've heard differing versions of this, supposedly were smoking cigarettes because, according to the investigation, cigarette butts were found on the floor of the attic. But yeah. I also read that the tour guides at the Valeska house say that that isn't true. So mm. that's that's kind of interesting. I don't know what it, uh, what's well, real in that. It's like we've talked about before over the years, you know, how things uh, get added or changed or embellished. And I'm looking at a picture of the attic right now, and that is one creepy looking freaking attic. With those little it with those really windows is. there. Mike had the awesome idea. Are you gonna be able to do this, Mike? Mike had the awesome idea yes. of doing a sensory deprivation session or two in the attic. Uh I think that we should probably be up there together if we're gonna do that. Um oh, yeah. we're gonna we definitely need to use walkie talkies, Mike. Absolutely. That was one thing that, again, Adam and Amy did. And Adam was very apprehensive. He was saying he never, this was the strongest, like, ap, how, oh my gosh, I can't even speak. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> he felt very apprehensive and nervous about doing this. He didn't really know why. And he said that he never really felt this way before. But he went into the house by himself when Amy was out in the barn. And they were communicating only through walkie-talkies and their cameras. Now that obviously, and he set himself up right outside the attic, looking into the attic, and he did EVP sessions. He had EMF going. They had, you know, the K2, all that stuff. And again, you can hear this. You can find this clip on YouTube where he asked, did, yeah. you, did you hurt this family? And it came back, I killed them. And it's like, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And Amy actually picked up a, an EVP where she was saying, kind of laying down the law, saying, you know, you're not going to do this to me. You're not going to do this to anyone else anymore, and came back a very clear and creepy F you. I mean, he, it didn't say F you. It was, you know, what it was. Now, once the killer or killers was satisfied that the whole family and friends were asleep, made his way down the stairs, coming, came, quietly came out of the attic, sorry. Feet away from the attic door is the main bedroom where Mr. and Mrs. Moore were sleeping using the flat of the axe, and he brought that flat end down, raising it up to the roof, brought it down upon Josiah's head, quickly did the same to Sarah, and then he reached the axe as far up as he could go to get more force to the swing, which left an indent in the ceiling, as Mike was talking about. Yeah, there's about. more than a couple indents in the ceilings. Yeah. And if you're wondering why I said that he used the blade end on Josiah, because he came back later and started on, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't feel satisfied after killing the remainder of the family. He returned to the main bedroom and s split open Mr. Moore's head. Yeah, he had more uh, blows from the axe than anybody yeah. in the family. 
yep. or anybody else who was killed kind of makes you think, well, was this some kind of a vendetta against him? You know, they're taking out more anger on him and they're just destroying this, his, his head. I read that, you know, making sure I've read that, uh, some people believe it was a business rival of his who wanted Mm. to put him out, um, for Mm. obviously financial reasons. Um, gosh. Now, after killing Mr. and Mrs. Moore, the killer slash killers quickly made his or their way down to the adjoining small bedroom where the four children slept, Herman, Catherine, Boyd, and Paul, and repeated his actions. It is thought, though, that mercifully, there's no indication that any of these kids were awake when they were struck. Yeah. Which I hope to God is true. Then when we went back to inflict more damage on the guy says they knocked he knocked over a shoe that had filled with blood i read that too oh my god uh the killer then made his way downstairs into the small back bedroom in which the guests ina and lena were sleeping it is however thought that lena did wake at the very last minute so she may have very well been aware of what was going on yeah oh my god no, I know that's that adds such that adds even more sadness, immeasurable sadness to that. It's but, what happened next, though. That oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. But the killer didn't. It's like he, he didn't leave right away after doing this. Well, no. After kill, killing the the kids, he went right back up, and like I said, he you know finished off, even though they were already dead. Went back and attacked Mister Moore again. Right. Um systematically bludgeoning his victims' heads until they were unrecognizable. After finishing this brutal act, he not only covered up their heads, but also all the mirrors in the house. Finally finished with his victims, the killer slipped away into the darkness and left one of the most tragic and unsolved mysteries as a murderer has never been caught or convicted. And I also read, Mike, uh, a historian of Velisca talking about these murders. He said that the children's heads had been cut off. Really? So again, are there oh. differing versions here? This is a this is an historian. Maybe he has more knowledge that about could the, be. you know the details, but but you know like <clears throat> when I was saying that he the guy didn't or whoever didn't leave right away, the axe was actually found um let's see afterwards you got it, you got there, it. pull it a, out pull it out you got it there's a four pound slab of bacon that was taken out of the ice box right. and laid hell? next to the axe what the hell is that all about is that some sort of wicked symbolism and what's going on with that i don't know and then it says investigators also found untouched food and bloody water during the search bloody hmm. water was he trying to cleanse blood off of his own hands maybe um i don't know it's crazy Oh, and then, <clears throat> go ahead, Mike. Yeah, this boy, this gets. Uh, I don't know if we're reading the same thing or if I'm just seeing more here. But um, when you when you said that they thought that the one girl was awake, they tried to fight back. She was found lying crosswise on the bed, mm. and with a def- defensive wound on her arm. Right. That's probably why and, they thought that she was awake, because she was and, yeah trying to and deflect plus, the blows, which oh, is yeah. terrible. And then this, I'd never heard this before, but. Lena's nightgown, the little girl, was pushed up to her waist, and she was wearing no undergarments, mm. leading to law 
enforcing speculation that killer sexually molested her or attempted to do so. Right. Oh, my God. There's just way too much going on. I mean. Yeah. Is this a fact that this has never been solved? Whoever did this got away with it. They got away with it. And you can go into some really, um, really detailed kind of under, I mean, like conspiracy stuff here. Like, I mean, I got this, I'm not saying it's a a psychic feeling or anything, but I I had the thought when I was finished reading that, that um, somebody knows who did it. And there's, for some reason, it wasn't brought to justice for some reason. Mm. I don't know if this could have been a cover up of some sort or a cover up of some sort. This could have been maybe some influential businessman. Like right. it could, like you said, could have been a, a business rival. Um, but anybody that would cover that up, it's just, it, it's unthinkable to me as much as, you know, doing the, the act. Did you but, happen to cap? Did you happen to see the, one of the photos of that was taken the day before of two of the girls or maybe it was the two of the neighbor girls. Forgive me. I don't know. They, there's a photo of them with an older gentleman that according to what I was reading about this photo, no one knows who this person is. Really? And they're like, is this some, is this person somehow involved in this? Uh, Maybe. Now this is another thought that I just had could be just, pulling that out of my butt or maybe I'm getting an impression who knows was there somebody passing through um you know could have been a vagrant or something that uh um was asking for you know a night of lodging or some food for exchange for some work or something Mm. Mm. and that's why this person was there not in their hiding right but knowing that they were there because <clears throat> you know these are little towns, they do they do that. Oh, absolutely. Especially back then, um, you know, it could have just been like I said, passing through town and not even from there. Um, you know, and the opportunity, or it could have been his intentions to begin with, to wait until they came home. But then again, see, I'm trying to figure this out as I go. But then, why would he be hiding in the attic? But then, actually, there isn't exact proof that there was somebody hiding in the attic mm-hmm. that's just a possibly a theory with because of the cigarette butts whether they were there or not but maybe it was somebody that they were letting be there you know and it that like you said it's important to know that that's something that was not an uncommon not right. an uncommon thing especially in friendly small towns you know people traveling through looking for work you know that you know i'll yep. knock on doors and i'll yeah. introduce myself and say, you need help around the house. You know, I'll yeah. do- earn a dollar. So they don't get him to the next town or something after. And then after the murders are done, well, he goes on to the next town, you know, man. Well, one of the suspects, yeah. one of the suspects, Mike is someone who is considered to be an ax murderer, serial killer, Henry Lee Moore. Mm. Now he was Henry Lee Moore born in 1874 was an American forger, murderer and suspected serial killer who was convicted of killing his mother and grandmother with an axe. Now, while in prison, it is alleged by a Justice Department agent named W.M. McClary 
that Moore was also possibly responsible for a string of unsolved axe murders in several states, among them the uh, Villisca axe murders. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. I, and and what, what was it that uh, made them think that it could have been him? Was he the... Because he was just the time frame fits the locale fits okay, um, the yeah. unsolved the other unsolved murders that he is connected to. I mean, all of them are, are very similar. Um, the fact that he used an axe, you know, these murders are all committed by an axe. I mean, they have to look into all of them. They really do. Now, one yeah. thing that's creepy and terrifying is that one of the main suspects is a man who actually con- confessed to it. As I mentioned earlier, the reverend, the local reverend, Mr. George Kelly, who confessed that he pulled off all of these murders. Now, what's creepy about it is that he says that he heard voices telling him to do that, basically. Um, Well, maybe he did. (laughs) But he described it as such. He was going for a walk one night in the small town of Villisca. When he started hearing, I wrote this down. Where did I? He heard. Well, he was being pulled toward this house. He didn't understand why, but he felt like he needed to go to this house. And he claimed that he heard a voice tell him, "Quote, slay, and slay utterly." Mm. Told him to enter the house. It led. He says it led him to the axe in the yard, and it just basically told him to wait in the house until the family returned. But he he was dismissed. Basically, his claims were dismissed because people thought he was simply insane, schizophrenic. Yeah. And they didn't believe what he said. But he also hopped the train that very same day and left the town. You know, so really? it's like, what the hell? Uh, uh, well, okay. It was the Reverend, you said? Yes, Reverend George Kelly. Okay, so did they have more than one church there? Um, which... Small, even small, small towns do because different religions that are, you know, make up the community. Yeah. But was he like the reverend from the church that the the people were um, at that at the church for that day? You know that that program that they're supposed to be at. You know, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. It just kind of sounds like it seems like a kind of an odd connection but yeah but who knows that's just very you know now going it's, back it's hard to, to speculate that i just found an article from smithsonianmag.com talking about the Velisca murders and i'm going to take it up to where he the murder slaughters the stillinger girls now it says what happened next mark the Velisca killings as truly peculiar and still sends shivers down the spine more than a century after the fact. The axe man went back upstairs and systematically reduced the heads of all six moors to a bloody pulp, kind of mentioned that, striking Joe alone an estimated 30 times, leaving the faces of all six members of the family unrecognizable. Yeah. He then drew up the bedclothes to cover Joe and Sarah's shattered heads, placed a gauze undershirt over Herman's face and a dress over Catherine's, covered Boyd and Paul as well, 
and then finally administer, administered the same terrible post-mortem punishment to the girls downstairs. So this claims that he, according to this article, that he went down and absolutely bludgeoned the kids even more after, you know, killing them. Just, yeah, for, see, just for what? I mean, just for the the sick pleasure of it, perhaps. I, well, maybe, but there's there's just so much going on with that that it's hard to think that it's just a, well, it's, that it's a random thing or, I mean, there's got to be a huge reason that this guy was in there. I mean, especially when he took so many, I mean, he did so many things before, during, and after these murders, like, uh, um, like he even covered up the mirrors. Yeah. You know, which, what the hell's at that, that time I, I was checking that. Okay. Um, uh, it says, why would a killer cover mirrors? And it says here, family members prepared the house for death by stopping clocks and covering windows. Of course, mirrors were covered. This was to prevent the deceased spirit from being trapped. Um, really? <clears throat> so, I mean, so he's preparing the house for these deaths. Was that while they're sleeping or after they, huh. they were killed? Well, it's supposedly, uh, again, he supposedly hung out in the house for quite a while. He didn't. Oh, leave. that's right. He did. Yeah, he didn't okay. leave till like five or six a.m. Allegedly, I mean, no one knows for certain, but that's what it's believed to have right to have occurred. Uh, so there's a lot of preparation that went into this these killings. You know, and he took the house and, keys with him when he left. He took the house keys with him. Hmm. Is that just a token of what he did? You know, murderers, particularly serial killers, they yeah. love having a piece of what they yeah. did with them forever. Yeah, uh, kind of a, a, yeah, a memory of the whole deal. <clears throat> ah, I don't know. Yeah, the bodies, um, the, the estimated time of death, again, is pretty broad. The estimated time of death between midnight and 3 a.m., I'm going through this article right now. This is uh, pretty pretty disturbing. Oh, I did hear that too on that program. When, you know, it's, again, it's a small town. When news started leaking out, you know, a lot of curious locals started gathering around the house wondering what was happening here. They were told to keep out. You're, you're going to regret what you see if you go in there. And the, they just trampled the place. You know, totally like destroying how much evidence. And yeah, right. It's that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it says here many uh, many ignored this advice as many as many as one hundred curious neighbors and townspeople tramped as they pleased through the house, scattering fingerprints, and in one case, even removing fragments of Joe Moore's skull as a cob keepsake. <sighs> well, it's making ashtray out of this. Yeah, what the hell, dude? Oh, my God. Obviously, the murders absolutely convulsed Villisca, uh, particularly after a few clumsy and futile attempts to search the surrounding countryside for a transient killer failed to unearth a likely suspect. The simple truth was that there was no sign of the murderer's whereabouts. He might have vanished into his own home nearby. Equally, given a head start of up to five hours in a town at which nearly 30 trains called every day, he might easily have made good his escape. Again, it's said that the Reverend himself hopped the train that day. Uh, bloodhounds were tried without success. 
After that, there was little for the townspeople to do but gossip, swap theories, and such. Yeah, you know, there's that many people going through uh, uh, the house and the crime scene like that. That destroys everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come oh, again. Is that just ignorance or is that what the hell's going on? Is that just the absolute? They're all in a state of. They're all in a frenzy. I mean, how can they not be? You know, they're all like manic almost at that time because this is absolutely new and unbelievable. But you still, you think you'd be able to restrain yourself, people. I mean, yeah. come out. Well, this is your neighbor. This is your friend. Yeah. And, and, and to the point of taking a piece of his skull That's terrible. as a souvenir. That's awful. It, it, I mean, where is that piece of skull now? Is it uh, like in somebody's, uh, <laughs> somebody in the family still has it somewhere? I or? hope not. Yeah, oh how, do you ex- how do you explain that to your to your grandkids? I want to give this to you, young Bessie. And I stole yeah. it from the bludgeoned skull of a man murdered <laughs> over 100 yeah. years ago. Don't mind the dried brain matter on it. <laughs> God damn it! I know. I'm not. La- I'm laughing at Mike. I'm not laughing at this trailer. Well, like you said, you know, we get a little crazy, and we're not making fun of any of this. Well, you know, sometimes, Mike, we have to break out in humor just to kind of oh, yeah. alleviate our absolutely our, psych- our psyches here. Um, again, yeah, we we have to wrap it up here in about ten minutes or so. Um, one of the obvious, well, it says here obvious, a huge suspect, a main suspect, may have been Frank Jones, a tough local businessman and state senator. Who was also a prominent member of Velisca's Methodist Church. It says here that Edgar Epperly, the leading authority on the murders, reports that the town quickly split along religious lines, the Methodist Methodists insisting on Jones' innocence, and the Moore's Presbyterian congregation convinced of his guilt. Though never though never formally charged with any involvements in the murders, Jones became the subject subject of a grand jury investigation and a prolonged campaign to prove his guilt, which destroyed his political career. Well, good. Um, many townspeople were certain he used his considerable influence to have the case yep. against him squashed. That's where I'm talking conspiracy. That thought that popped into my head. Yep. I mean, you know, when you when you said that all of that who he was and what he did and it's like yeah i don't know that's that's the feeling i get but but who knows now briefly i want to read about the reverend here again i i don't know if this is a middle name or if george was a middle name because i've read that his name was george kelly this says reverend lynn kelly so we'll go with this one for now lynn kelly okay he was a peculiar presbyterian preacher and he attended the children's day service that we were speaking of in which he gave recitations, and he also, as we said, later confessed to murdering the family. But few people believed that a man of Jones' age and eminence, a few people believe that a man of Jones' age and eminence, he was 57 in 1982, would have swung the axe himself, but in some minds he was certainly capable of paying someone else to wipe out more in his family. So this is where the theory comes down to, theory of James Wilkerson, an agent of the renowned Burns Detective Agency who in 1916 announced that Jones had hired a killer by the name of William Mansfield to murder the man who had humiliated him. Wilkerson, who made enough of a nuisance of himself to derail Jones' attempts to secure re-election to the state Senate, (laughs) there you go, and who eventually succeeded in having a grand jury convened to consider the evidence he had gathered, was able to show that Mansfield had the right sort of background for the job. In 1914, he was the chief suspect in the axe murders of his wife, her parents, and his own child, 
in Blue Island, Illinois. But it turns out that Wilkerson had a cast iron alibi, so he was never uh, formally charged. And again, we already talked about Lynn slash George Kelly, you know, possibly psychosis problems going on there, hearing these lascivious, terrible voices telling them what to do. But it's not one thing I'm reading here right now, Mike. Oh, yeah, there we go. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm jumping all over the place. George was his middle name. Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly. There you go. Whoa. Sounds like a movie actor. So now, <laughs> so now um, going back to George, Mike's starting to shake here like he has to go pee. So oh, no, no, okay. I'm good. I'm just, yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. A far stronger and far stranger candidate for the Axeman was Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly, an English immigrant, a preacher, and a known sexual deviant with well-recorded mental problems. But he is a reverend, so there you go. Good. Oh, yeah. He had been in the town on the night of the murders and freely admitted that he had left on a dawn train just before the bodies were discovered, as we mentioned earlier. There were things about Kelly that made him seem an implausible suspect, one being that he was only five foot two and weighed 119 pounds, but in other ways he fit the bill. He was left-handed, and coroner Linquist had determined from an examination of blood splatters in the murder house that the killer probably swung his axe left-handed. Kelly was obsessed with sex and had been caught peering into windows in Villisca two days before the murders. In and he wasn't shopping for a window shopping no. for a new dress either. Oh, hell no. <laughs> in 1914, while living in Winter, South Dakota, he would advertise for a, quote, girl stenographer to do confidential work. And that ad placed in the Omaha World Herald will also specify that the successful candidate, quote, must be willing to pose as a model. When a young woman named... Jessamine Hodgson responded. She received a letter. She received in turn a letter described by a judge as so obscene, lewd, lascivious, and filthy as to be offensive to this honorable court and improper to be spread upon the record thereof. So yeah, this guy was a, a perv. Wow. And then uh, it goes on to talk about Henry Lee Moore, who we mentioned earlier. Again, unsolved. No one knows. Tragic. Bloody. Brutal. And it will never be solved. I can. Yeah, I mean, well, is it safe to say that this will never be solved? I would say. I. I, I still say that uh, th th there's more going on than than what is let out. And there, I still think of the cover up thing. You know, I. I, uh, I think that's that's so peculiar too that you brought that up and then just what I happened to read later. I brought it up before that too. That's what I'm I? saying. That's what I'm saying. You <laughs> yeah. did, and then what I read just absolutely fits into that. Because I was thinking prominent, somebody prominent that, that it had whatever, you know, it just, it, it just doesn't, I mean, somebody could have slipped away. They could have done it, slipped away, got away, whatever. But um, there's just so much going on with how it was done. And, and like the father being so worse, I mean, bludgeoned so much worse and his head destroyed that it's almost like a crime of, of just, passion and anger and and uh, just yeah something against him and you know in this guy's mind he he had to kill everyone all of them i don't know that's it some yeah. kind of a vengeance thing or something i don't know you know there, there's uh, there again there is that possibility too we don't know either way is there something about the house itself? Is there something about the land itself that is causing people to do this? That reverend claimed that he heard these voices these evil, I, I'm going to throw that word, perhaps demonic voices. 
people who have lived at the house, you know, investigators, you know, have reported terrifying, you know, footsteps being, you know, up when they're upstairs yeah. doing an investigation, they hear footsteps so loud that they swore someone broke into the house and they run yeah. down the steps as quickly as they can. And guess what? No one's there. Um, those investigators I was reading about earlier, their night there, they said they, they slept in the car because deep down they were, yeah. they didn't they, want to catch anything. You know, they yeah, were they there to do an like investigation. two o'clock in the morning and yeah. didn't go back. <laughs> yeah, because they said deep down, in hindsight, deep down, they really didn't want to capture anything because the moment they got in there, they just had this overwhelming feeling of sadness. Yeah. And, you know, is that, again, is that an imprinted energy, Mike? So many people, investigators, have claimed to have heard the, you know, the voices, not only on digital playback, but they've heard children's voices. Like yeah, children, children's laughter, I think. I don't. I've, I didn't I've hear about too. the laughter, but I've heard whales. You know, cries. Um, whales. Some, some, yeah, whales, humpbacks, and you, what know, you mean porpoises? Uh, no, not porpoises. That's <laughs> a porpoise is a porpoise. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I have no porpoise for that. I, that yeah. I, I've that got one. no porpoise for that porpoise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was terrible. Um, anyway, so, I was on a roll I, there. Then you threw out a. Uh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, okay. Whales. W a i l s. Okay. Okay. Not whale whales. Oh, I'm I'm gonna stop. Mike's just got this. Not shit the country. Him. Not the not the. <laughs> <laughs> not heard, where Sir Tom Jones is from. He heard a bunch of Welsh accents just <laughs> going throughout. My the my my Delilah. <laughs> That was an awful Tom Jones, but hey. I, well, you know, you get scratchy throat. You hey, can't. you know what? If you're ever going to be haunted by somebody, I would love to be haunted by the dulcet tones of Tom Jones singing to me every oh, yeah. night. But Well, because you know, even after he's dead, he's still going to have that perfect voice that I he know. still has. <laughs> Just when I'm trying to, right about ready to fall to sleep in the background, I hear, She's a lady. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. That's terrible. Well, that was better than my Tom Jones. I guess. Um, <sighs> again, the, man, I hope we talked about a lot of the paranormal stuff um, to earn the, the episode title, title here, the Velisca Axe Murder Hauntings. Uh, final thoughts, Mike, on this house causing these? Is the house driving people mad? Can it drive people mad? Is the house itself an entity? Um, is it somehow, or was the house innocent for lack of a better term before these murders occurred i mean i know that's a tough question i love putting you on the spot but what what do you think uh what what are your vibes on that it's a house but that event that happened has changed it a lot okay okay you know i i think uh, um so you don't think the house caused the i event? don't think so and you know and i'm gonna say that it it wasn't it wasn't no demon thing Sure. But that's just me. <laughs> Listen, that's it just wasn't me. no demon thing. <laughs> that's just, you know, me and my opinion. But, um, well, your opinion. What sucks. the house maybe became after that, it can't, it could not stay the same. I mean, the energy that is, that's been put into it, um, you know, just from that, that night of just horrendous terror and violence and death. I mean, no place would be the same after that. No, I agree with you. But before, I think it was, you know, just so a family living there, all happy, and then you're throwing out the, just, the you're throwing out Reverend George or Lynn George Kelly's excuse of hearing the voices and yeah. pulling him towards the house. And, well, you know, 
what kind of uh, uh, trust can you put in the words of somebody that is so demented as he is? Yeah, very true. Yeah, warped, you know, warped and demented, and it's almost like he wanted credit for it or something. You know? Yeah. And it's like that's... and for him to, uh, uh, you know, have credit for it, but also at the same time, well, it wasn't me. It was what I was told to do. Yeah, it's like oh, no, doesn't work yeah. that way, buddy. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you, Mike. I'm not necessarily sure that the house caused this, but I truly am on the side of belief that if this house is indeed haunted, it is caused by what happened there. Yeah. And the preceding years of everyone, you know, kind of going in and out, you know, kind of maybe similar to a Sally House type thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, we're almost kind of creating something ourselves. Yep. Kind There's of. constantly being having energy fed to that to that house yeah and if you're going you in know, there from, if you're terrified and you're creeped out i mean maybe yeah. you're leaving some kind of i mean i don't want to say it's necessarily negative but you know it's not a real exactly positive energy that you're leaving it's there. definitely leaving an energy that's not gonna help what's going on there how are you gonna feel I mike think. we're going there how are you gonna feel the moment you walk in that house <sighs> impossible the answer i know but i'll ask you anyways. it is but <laughs> It, there's going to obviously be apprehension. I mean, and we already know that as great as the Sally house was, uh, to me, this is going to make the Sally house like a, a kindergarten room. Oh, man, I hear you, man. You know, um, I mean, because and, and, the Sally house, it's alleged that this tragic, this tragedy occurred, that this poor child, you know, this doctor butchered her surgery yeah. and that she died. But no one knows. That no for record certain. of it. No record of it. No one knows. This is yeah. truth. Truth, truth, highly documented and absolutely happened. I can't wait to go there, though, man. Um, I, yeah. I, I know I'm going to have similar. Here's that word for the night. Tonight's word, boys and girls, apprehension. Yeah. I'll have those moments where I'm like, God, what are we doing? I had that when we were planning on going to the Sally house. I had like yeah. almost like a full board foreboding feeling, you know, And but I'm sure I'll have that. But nope, we're doing this and it's going to be. It's going to be a pretty eye-opening, I believe. Yeah, and so hopefully this time, I know I know you were brought along a little further in your, uh, um, you know, not letting things go so easily. But hopefully this one is going to be huge for you, man. If we walk in, and, there, if we hear children's voices in there, oh, oh, I just kind of gave myself the willies that are thinking about that. Um, just because you know. They were so sadly, their lives were brutally brought to an end at such precious yeah. young ages. Yeah. If we hear, pick up something like that, oh my gosh. That will be personally monumental, but emotional. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just think of the the empathic dread feelings that that we could have being there. I mean, Ooh. and and the, the emotion and the, the sadness and... You know, that's got to be affecting some, you know, people that go through there. Oh, they, 100%. You know, people that feel that. You know, and I'm going to do, know. I'm going to do my best, Mike, again, to really, I'm not going to try hard to, I'm not going to try as hard as I did at the Sally House to, to, to hear, you know, to feel, to pick up. It's, it, yeah. it's like I was concentrating too much that I didn't open myself up to just experience stuff, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to be, I'm just going to go in there. And we're gonna we're 
we'll have at it. That sounded terrible. Yeah. Uh, we're not yeah, going to have at it. Um, you know what yeah. I mean. Um, and you know what? Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm in, in the back room. And I, you, all of a sudden you hear, here, Patrick, come here. Patrick, come on, let's have at it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Then, then rustling and, you know, some, some, you know, maybe some, someone falls, falls down on the, I don't know what the hell you're, some rumbling, some moans, <laughs> maybe a, maybe a fart and a burp or something. I don't know what the hell is happening. Well, that would be either one of you or I. Well, it'd be me most likely. But most likely. Yeah. Mean, most likely. Yeah. I mean, there is proof of that, of me doing that. You have that recorded <laughs> as proof. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have it on my uh, soundboard right now, but uh, yeah, that's all right. It's, it's, Everybody's heard it. That's been a long time listener. Long time listener. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great way of wrapping it up, Mike. Again, thanks for making this work. Uh, we got um, this is early, and I'm I'm happy about that. Not as early as we wanted it because of your your Yeti issues, but man, yeah. you, you persevered. You made this work. Um, yep. Appreciate it. Hope you have a great night. I'm looking forward to our oh, yeah. our next adventure, man. My God. Oh, and did we say? Did we let everybody know that when this timeline is going to happen? I mean, we were talking about, you know, the um, the booking will be done fairly soon. Yes. But this is something that we're going to have to wait till spring springtime spring to go. Yep. I'm I'm thinking probably you know April. I would say. Yeah. You know. Perfect. Awesome. And it's going to be just like I said, Mike. It's it's going to be springtime. Nature's coming back to life. The drive down there's going to be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I heard one people per, or one group of people that traveled there. Um, they said the drive there was beautiful. Oh, awesome! So it's really cool, um, and it's a different route than what we took. Okay. On we're, the interstate, so we're going to be seeing some new stuff and different cool. things on the way down, which uh, we enjoy. That that you know. Oh, I love that seeing new things. I love road trips, man. That's going to be great. Um, yep. And we'll be prepared, and we're going to do a good job. Yeah. And uh, prepare yourself, because we are both going to do the sensory deprivation. Yes, we are. We okay. got to do it in the attic. We got to do it in the living room. I heard, I think I read some activity that was in the living room we could check up on. And who knows, down in the basement. Yes. Uh, that There was actually uh, somebody that wrote a review and said that they were down there. And they heard the sound of the voice of a little boy say boo. Oh, really? You know, whether that happened or not, but this is, uh, you know, uh, an account that uh, somebody that stayed there had that happen. Oh, man. Well, we're going to prep, Mike. We got we got months, and it's going to be yeah. great. It's going to be awesome. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like like the, uh, the music box that we heard at the Sally House. Yes, that went off on there its own. There was another... Yep. There was another account that somebody that stayed there, so they were down in the living room and they heard uh, like a nursery rhyme song or whatever up upstairs, like four or five notes of it. Really? Well, they went up there to check and there's a lot of toys there, just like the Sally house. And they did find a toy that might have done that, but there were no batteries in it. <laughs> so. Oh, boy. Uh, oh god dang it good one lord more <laughs> yeah i know how okay, much time you got thing, everybody <laughs> and i'm talking about uh people that have stayed there um when you go there all the mirrors are covered just like it was back then well this one group when they got there one of the mirrors was not covered and they left it but before they left the next morning it was covered no way yeah yeah that's what they experienced one of the things they experienced 
Oh, God dang it. Yeah, Mike, you know, in this prep, we have so much time. We got to think of, we got to think of new methods too, you know, stuff that we want to yeah. experiment with, you know, and yeah. it's, we oh, got plenty of time to prepare, to figure it out, to do, you know, do what we need to do and, uh, um, research everything, know everything about the story, the house, yes. every detail before we go there. And so we can, you know, just go there with the right frame of mind and, we'll be ready we'll yes be ready. well thank you so much everybody for tuning in uh we're excited we hope you guys enjoyed this episode um we encourage you to do your own deep dives into the story mike has pulled out the axe yet again i guess that's the sign the surefire sign that it is time to wrap it up now he's showing me the, have the blunt he's showing me the, the pointy end he's like yeah this thing will kill you either way so well anyway good luck yeah <laughs> well i hope everybody that we uh in uh, piqued your interest a little bit yeah. and entertained a little bit and maybe informed just a wee little bit yeah awesome man well mike until next time thank you again what do our awesome paranormal pals need to do try and just peace out for once for a little bit <laughs> <laughs>